Podcasting from the heart of Jacksonville, Florida. Florida. It's Keb Keb Unfiltered. A podcast about truth, justice, and what's going to offend the maximum amount of people with the minimum amount of effort. You know, the American way. That's the American way. Parental discretion is heavily advised. Your parents might learn something. Now, here's your host, The Cab. All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the program. Hope everybody has had a great week. Hope everybody's doing good out there in podcast land. We're going to do something a little differently this week. We are going to talk about um, a local case here that's really bothering me. And uh, for those of you just tuning in, uh, this is Keb Unfiltered. My name is The Keb. And we're going to talk about a case that's kind of been bothering me. It's been going on a while. And I don't really know how it got by me. But it did. And uh, just maybe a month ago was uh, I really dug into it and said, you know what, I've got some some opinions on this case and uh, this would make probably for a good episode or two or three because it seems to be ongoing and it's been happening since 2010 but it seems to be ongoing so we'll just let you in if you haven't heard or if you know um, our podcaster our program is recorded in Jacksonville Florida Well, the case that I'm going to talk to you about occurred in September of 2010, so over nine years ago, in St. Augustine, Florida. St. Augustine is about a half hour, depending on where you're at in St. Augustine, about a half hour south of Jacksonville. So, and where this occurred, a little more than that, because it's on the south side of St. Augustine, but about a half hour. But, um... This is the case of Michelle O'Connell. Now, in preparing for this podcast, I have read everything that I can read on this. I have watched 2020. I've watched Frontline. I've even gone through pretty extensively the Facebook page that they have, uh, Justice for Michelle O'Connell. I haven't reached out to anybody because I wanted to give kind of my opinion on this um, the opinions and, and facts of these cases come from media outlets so um, really take that for what it's worth I know some of you out there are like wow the, the media is biased this is liberal bias yeah, you know whatever I'm keeping my political views out of this but to quote William Shakespeare something is rotten in Denmark on this and I can't put my finger I've tried to look at it from both sides of the spectrum and really I can't put my finger on it but something something's wrong here and uh, and we'll, we'll just get into it apparently in September of 2010 um, St. John's County St. Augustine is in St. John's County St. John's County Sheriff's deputies arrived at a St. Augustine home 
and they found 24-year-old Michelle O'Connell uh, lying on the floor with a gunshot wound to the head and quite a few uh, prescription painkillers in her pocket. Now, there was a 911 call made by a gentleman named Jeremy Banks. And this was his house, by the way. And the 911 call of the transcript right in front of me said, and I quote, Please get someone to my house. Please send my girlfriend. I think she just shot herself. There's blood everywhere. So, Michelle O'Connell, she's on the floor dead. Gunshot wound to the head. A lot of prescription painkillers in her pocket. This guy, Jeremy, calls 911, of course, because, you know, his girlfriend's dead, you know. Uh, so deputies um, get there. Here is kind of red flag number one. Jeremy Banks is a St. John's County Sheriff's deputy. And when his deputy buddies get there, he's crouched on the bathroom floor he's uh, clutching his phone so the the gun that killed the killed Michelle was found on uh, on her left with there's a tack light if you don't know what that is it's a light on a, on a, on a gun gun it was it was on and uh, police pictures that were taken later um, at the scene revealed that uh, a shot was fired into the carpet which kind of makes sense if you're going to shoot yourself you know you fire one into the carpet to make sure that, that the gun works the safety's not on or whatever <clears throat> cap yourself in the head so despite the efforts of uh, the cops that got there uh, Michelle uh, O'Connell was pronounced dead at 11.48 that night. And that was September 2nd, 2010. So she, she's pronounced dead. So outside, some deputies and detectives, they started to say that O'Connell's death was a suicide. Right there at the scene. You know what? Suicide. And some of them we'll get to later um, were interviewed part of, of this investigation. So, some of the cops said that they didn't have any suspicions that it was anything other than suicide, that they were all kind of discussing it, just making sure that they, you know, covered everything. Um, another one said that it had appeared that she had committed suicide. And so, in the hours that followed, you know, some fellow de deputies, you know, took time out to console um, Jeremy Banks, um, a cop car was used, um, as a, uh, to interview him and was briefly questioned, uh, by another, um, another cop, uh, and that, all that, all that's recorded. Um, so during that interview, Jeremy Banks said that he was sitting on his motorcycle in the garage when he heard a pop and rushed inside. 
He said, quote, the bedroom door was locked and I screamed her name again. I heard it go off a second time, he told one of the other cops. So, she's dead, apparent suicide. Now, the sheriff's office has to notify the O'Connell family of her death. And her mother, uh, Patty, and I wrote this down, uh, her mother, Patty, told uh, 2020 that uh, they just said that she committed suicide. Your daughter killed herself. Uh, she committed suicide. And that's how they notified the family, you know, who coincidentally found it hard to believe that Michelle, uh, a single mom who worked multiple jobs to support her four-year-old daughter, that she would kill herself. And you know what? Every story that you read like this, doesn't the family always say that? And I'm not, let me get one thing perfectly clear before we get too much into this. I'm not advocating for either side. I'm just saying something's off here. But in every person that kills themselves, usually you have at least one family member that's like, oh, well, you know, he would never do that and all that. You know what? You never really truly know somebody. I'm just saying, you never really truly know somebody, you know. But uh, Michelle O'Connell had just landed her dream job at a daycare center. Um, her family, her brother and sister, or siblings, were fit to be tied, man, uh, when, when they realized that the sheriff's office had spent only a few hours investigating before calling her death a suicide. Um, you know, that word suicide was thrown around. Right off the bat, her sister said, um, two days after Michelle O'Connell's death, um, a Dr. Frederick Hoban, who is the medical examiner in St. John's County at the time, officially ruled O'Connell's death a suicide. So, how did we get, how did they get to this point? Well, through my research and everything, um, this is kind of what I could piece together. And if I'm wrong, if somebody, if this happens to get back to the O'Connell family, and if I'm wrong with this, um, yeah, please let me know, and I will, I will uh, broadcast a retraction. Want to be very clear that I've had no permission to do this from the family. Uh, this is me exercising my First Amendment privileges of uh, saying what the what the fuck I want to say on my fucking podcast. Um, which, if you listen to the previous episodes, you know that I kind of say what I want. So, anyhow, back to the story. So, what was going on that night? Uh, Michelle and Jeremy uh, went to a concert, as best that I can piece together. They went to a concert at the Amp, which is what they're calling the St. Augustine Amphitheater now. And um, apparently they were arguing uh, before um, and during the, uh, the show. Uh, Jeremy told uh, detectives that we don't get along, we fight all the time. I mean, it's never, never bad fighting, it's always just arguing. That's what he told the cops. But according to Chrissy O'Connell, uh, Michelle's sister, Michelle wanted to break up with uh, Jeremy Banks that night. 
her family says that they there had been whispers and uh, verbal and physical abuse within their relationship from both si sides for some time. And uh, Chrissy O'Connell goes on to say that her and Michelle had lunch earlier that day and said that her sister was talking about looking for a new apartment and breaking up with Jeremy. And this was all... Uh, she goes on to say this was kind of a culmination. I was concerned with all the violence and how the relationship had turned. But, um, she said Michelle decided to go to the show as a Paramore show, whatever that is. I'm not familiar with that. I guess it's a band. I'm not familiar with that band. But uh, I guess that's what the kids are doing these days. Uh, but she said that the, her sister decided to go to the show first since she had already purchased the tickets in advance. You know, that's kind of like, you know, I, I grew up a big, I'm not embarrassed to say this, I grew up a big DC Talk fan. And if I had bought DC Talk tickets, which are not cheap, if I had bought DC Talk tickets and I'm dating, you know, whoever, and we break up like a week before... And uh, I'm either going to take somebody else to the show, or she's going to the show with me. But we're going, damn it. We are going. So Michelle decided to go to the Paramount because Paramore concert, Paramount, Paramore concert because she purchased the tickets in advance. <clears throat> she said, "I'm paying for the tickets. I'm going." What did I just say? What did I just say? I, I get it. I get it. Uh, her brother, Sean O'Connell, was with them at the concert and said that Jeremy was kind of uh, withdrawn, you know, during during the show. Um, he even asked him during the concert, hey, do you mind scooting over if you're not going to have fun at the concert with my sister? I'm definitely going to, um, that, that he said. So back to uh, her sister, Chrissy, who was babysitting. Um, Michelle's daughter Alexis while they were at the concert says she began receiving text messages from Michelle's phone during the show saying things like promise me one thing uh, Lexi will be happy and always have a good life said one of her sister's kind of cryptic text message and then she replied promise you what and Michelle replied that no matter what Lexi will always be safe and loved you know um, Chrissy responded, what's going on? I'm scared. So by the end of the Paramore concert, Michelle texted her sister, said, I'll be there soon. And lo and behold, I'm telling you something that you already know. She never showed up. So Jeremy Banks, he also told detectives that on the way home from the concert, Michelle said that I'll have my things out by this weekend and, and he said are we breaking up she said yes and I was like alright um, Jeremy's like alright he raised his voice she raised her voice they argued but when they got to the house they were fine let's think about this here for a second so you're driving home with somebody you've been in a relationship with and up to this point I can only label this as a toxic relationship 
arguing, fighting, maybe there's physical abuse, maybe there's not, but there's definitely some some mental kind of abuse going on. And your chick or your boyfriend or whoever says, "Hey, I'm 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 moving out." And you ask if they're breaking up and you know, you raise your voice she raises her voice you argue for a little bit but then you get to the house and you're fine does that make sense to anybody that's human but that's the story it's it's his story and he's sticking to it because we don't get to have Michelle's story because she's dead according back to Jeremy's story Michelle was inside the house while he remained outside with a couple friends. So now we got friends coming over. Alright. And at one point, Michelle went outside to retrieve a makeup bag from the car and quickly returned inside. So now she's getting makeup. Why do chicks get makeup bags? To put makeup on. If she didn't want to put makeup on, then she wouldn't have gotten the fucking bag. Right? Which leads me to believe that she was going somewhere. She's putting makeup on to leave the house. Right? Everybody follow me? Am I an idiot for thinking that? Because if she wasn't leaving the house, if she's going to off herself, why put makeup on? Why get the makeup bag? I don't know. So, 10, 20 minutes after that, and this is going off what Jeremy Banks said, he said that his friends left, and he sat alone in the garage when he heard a popping sound. Quote, I knew exactly what it was, just instinct, and I said, shit. And I ran inside, I started screaming her name, the bedroom door was locked, and I screamed her name again. Banks told detectives. I heard it go off a second time. I ran into the living room. I grabbed the phone. I kicked the bedroom door in and found her laying where she is. That's courtesy of ABC News. So a chick named Deborah Maynard, and she's a former St. John's County Sheriff's Deputy, was one of the first to arrive and said that she questioned what she was hearing on the scene. Quote, Immediately, it was almost like they were taking Jeremy's word that she shot herself at that point. We were told it was a suicide. They automatically said it was a suicide, though we are trained. Listen to this part. We are trained to say every scene is a homicide until proven otherwise. Let me repeat that. Though we are trained to say every scene is a homicide until proven otherwise. But they did immediately start calling it a suicide. Now Maynard was later fired by the sheriff, reportedly for untruthfulness. She claims it was because the sheriff asked her to lie in an unrelated case, and she refused. Go figure that. Go figure that. 
The sheriff asks you to lie in an unrelated case, and you refuse. You get fired for refusing to lie. So at a later police interview, Jeremy Banks revealed that he had gained access to a report on the investigation. So now, Jeremy Banks, who is a St. John's County Sheriff's Deputy Officer, whatever they call him. So now, he's getting reports about the investigation. Quote, I've already read the report. I know I probably shouldn't have. I just wanted to know what went down on the other side. Banks told a detective. Now, some in the St. John's County Sheriff's Office later admitted to having doubts about what happened that night. No fucking shit. When I first walked into the room, the first thought that went through my mind was, this is not good for Jeremy. A guy named Sergeant Scott Beaver, who worked the case, told investigators. And you might say... Aren't these guys the investigators? Who is he telling this to? I'll get to that in a second. Scott Beaver goes on to say, I was in the homicide unit for a few years and it didn't add up. But I didn't do more investigation into this. The sheriff in St. John's County is a guy named David Shore. And he has since acknowledged that um, his department has made missteps in how the investigation was handled, including that deputies failed to canvass the neighborhood for witnesses, failed to interview the uh, the deceased's family members, and failed to isolate, interview, and photograph Banks at the scene. Wow. When asked why Banks didn't take Michelle O'Connell's pulse or perform life-saving measures, uh, Banks' attorney, this guy named Mac McLeod, uh, he told 2020 that I don't think his frame of mind was as a deputy at the time. I think his frame of mind was completely shocked and freaked out. Meanwhile, Michelle O'Connell's family insists that she wasn't looking to take her own life. And again, most of this is collaborated between uh, a bunch of different news sources. A lot of these quotes that I'm getting are from ABC News. Now, those of you who are ardent Trump supporters um, and are big believers in the fake news media, I mean, you can take this for what it wants. I'm trying to stick here to the facts. I'm not making one way or the other. I'll tell you what I think at the end. So, uh, in Michelle O'Connell's appointment book, she had signed up for CPR training for two days after her death. She also had plans to meet with her friend Mindy Fox the night she died. Perhaps is that why she was putting on makeup to go meet Mindy? I don't know. We'll never know. In addition, the pills found in her pocket at the time of the death were from Jeremy Banks' prescription bottles, and none of the pills, none of the pills, none of the pills were found in her system. I'm going to repeat that. None of the pills were found in her system. All the pills were accounted for. So while the sheriff, uh, David Shore, his department, and Michelle's family are at odds, 
understandably, over how she died. It is undeniable that she was killed with Banks' service weapon. Do not let us forget Jeremy Banks is a St. John's County Deputy Sheriff. When asked how Banks secured his firearm in the home, his lawyer said, not well. And coincidentally, this dude is still working for the St. John's County Sheriff's Department. His lawyer goes on to say, quote, I think the policy was to secure your firearm, which primarily for law enforcement officer means you put it either in a gun lock or in a secure place up higher so that children and things uh, and other people in the house can't get to it. However, in practice, like other law enforcement officers, he came in, would take his gun belt off, and would place it on the chair or place it somewhere else. This does not speak highly of the training of the St. John's County Sheriff's Office. So fast forward four months after uh, Michelle's death, and um, David Shore, um, he caved to pressure from the O'Connell family knowing that his department's investigation had fallen short and asked state investigators to take a fresh look at the case. So enter, enter the good old FDLE, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, and their investigator, Rusty Rogers. That's a great name for a Florida Department of Law Enforcement officer. Rusty Rogers was assigned to this case. In his investigation, he found two women who say they heard two screams for help from a woman and two gunshots the night Michelle O'Connell died. Something Shore's department had totally missed. Quote, if she was suicidal, if she was killing herself, she's not going to scream for help, Michelle's mom said. As to the two gunshots, uh, David Shore says that it's not uncommon for some suicide victims to fire off a test shot before firing the fatal shot earlier. I, I alluded to that kind of makes sense. You know, if I were to off myself, I and I'm not a gun guy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, if I were to off myself, I would probably shoot one at the floor or in the wall, and I'd be scared that that was going to hit me. You know, like in the leg, you know, and I'm going to bleed out like a punk, you know. But uh, but I would test the gun to make sure that I'm not going to get all keyed up for, for nothing. So, Rogers interviewed Banks. He asked um, a University of Florida, uh, Go Gators, child protection team to interview uh, Michelle O'Connell's daughter, Alexis, who was five at the time. Now, during her interview, um, Alexis seemed to indicate that she had witnessed some of the hostility between Michelle and Jeremy, saying that at one point, Jeremy was a, quote, bad person who, quote, fights with her mother. She also said that she saw Banks hit her mother one time with a belt. She said, quote, my mommy would say, stop, stop, but he wouldn't stop, unquote. Now, during this interview, during his interview with Rogers, Jeremy Banks said that he put his hand on O'Connell only once in order to restrain her after she charged at him. Number one, 
and I'm going to go on record by saying this, and I make a lot of jokes about this, it is never, never okay to put your hands, as a male, as a man, to put your hands on a woman or a female. Period. Period. Now, I've got three sisters, two of which I don't talk to at all, and one of which I semi-like. I'm just kidding. I love my sister. But I give them a lot of shit. And over the years, they have made me so fargin' mad that I've wanted to beat the living hell out of them. But do I? No. Why? Because as a man, you don't put your hands on a woman in a violent way. See what I did there? You don't put your hands on a woman in a violent way. Put your hands on them in a loving way. And you can take that for what it's worth. You know. My wife is like, really? So anyhow, back to the story. They get on these little tangents. There's stories within the story. So, uh, Rogers, back to Rogers, sorry. Uh, he also called in a crime scene reconstructionist with four decades of experience who performed a field test outside to try to see if Michelle O'Connell could have shot herself or was a shot by someone else based on where the shell casings landed in his test. The crime scene reconstructionist's conclusion was that her death was a homicide. Following his investigation, Rusty Rogers presented his findings to the medical examiner, Dr. the aforementioned Dr. Hoban, or Hobbin. I always want to say Hobbit. Uh, according to a recording of an interview with Dr. Hoban, or Hobbin, uh, by Jacksonville reporter, J-Bill, represent, go Jaguars, uh, Jacksonville reporter Ann Schn uh, Schindler, First Coast News, Hoban uh, came to believe that Michelle O'Connell's death was, quote, probably a homicide. He filled out an amended death certificate and listed homicide as the manner of death, but he never officially filed it. Hmm. Wonder if anybody got to him and said, don't file the fucker. Curious, isn't it? Anyhow, he said, Based on this, I would amend the autopsy and change the manner of death from suicide to homicide. He said in a recording of his interview. He, uh, he said he did that, but just internally. He didn't send it out. Hmm. It wasn't filed with anybody. Hmm. It wasn't sent to the funeral director. Hmm. Wasn't disclosed. Hmm. To anybody except the state attorney. Hoban didn't officially file the amended death certificate, he told Schindler, because he was told to hold off by the state attorney while the investigation continued. Hmm. You know who's buddies with the state attorney in basically every jurisdiction on earth? State attorneys, district attorneys, U.S. attorneys... You know who's buddies with them? Who works hand-in-hand hand with them? 
the sheriff. Hoban or Hobbin or however they pronounce his name. We're just going to call him uh, Hoban from, from here on out. Was later reprimanded by the state medical examiner office for keeping that document and others at his house. Rather than at the medical examiner's office. How that's not illegal is beyond me. You know, keeping, you know, paper, official papers at your house. How that's not illegal and get you some time in the pokey is is beyond me. Anyhow, a new medical examiner, Dr. Bullock, was then consulted. Bullock believes Michelle O'Connell's death was a suicide. So now we're back to suicide. Second med- medical examiner, if you keep a track on your little tally there in the car or wherever you listen to uh, this podcast. Sheriff Shore and uh, Michelle Connell's boyfriend, estranged boyfriend, Jeremy Banks, pushed back against Rusty Rogers' findings. They didn't like it. They didn't like the findings that Rusty Rogers had. So Shore penned a 152-page review of the case, which is mostly a positive assessment of his department. No shit. The sheriff writing a review of a case which makes his department look good. That's shocking right there. Shore goes on to ridicule the field test over the fact that it was done in an open field and didn't take into account the variables at the scene, such as walls, a ceiling, furniture, and Michelle O'Connell's extremities. If you don't know what an extremity is, get on Google. I'm sure there's a dictionary or some app that you can get. Anyhow, so Banks filed, Jeremy Banks, filed a lawsuit against the Florida Department of Law Enforcement and Rusty Rogers, claiming Rusty Rogers detained him for the purpose of his investigation that it violated his civil rights. All right. So, let's backtrack here for a second. Dude's at the house. Let's to this part of the story we're back at suicide so let's just say she killed herself let's just say that so St. John's County totally botches the investigation totally does it the wrong way calls it suicide at the uh, at the scene okay goes through uh, David Shore he's getting hammered by news media news media news media family 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 news media he says all right enough FDLE you come in and take a look you know and you can't tell me that at, in some fashion that the St. John's County Sheriff's Department and the FDLE are not in cahoots but or no one just knows no one over there but there's no evidence to suggest that so let's just stick to the evidence so FDLE comes in Rusty Rogers does his uh, um, investigation and now um, and now it ruled it a homicide even though the new medical examiner says it's a suicide and didn't paint a pretty picture of what's going on here in the St. John's County Sheriff's Office. And so you're trying to tell me that the that we're surprised that the sheriff had a problem with that. And Banks filed a lawsuit. It's violating his civil rights, which I don't see how any of this investigating a 
murder, you know, or homicide violates somebody's civil rights. So, anyhow, they appoint a special prosecutor. His name is Brad King. He's a state attorney from a nearby district. He was tasked with investigating the case. So, in March 2012, King broke the news to the O'Connell family that his office would not be moving forward with any charges on Jeremy Banks. Quote, he calls us in for a meeting, basically says there's not enough evidence, so our family was just pushed aside, and this meeting was very hostile. Chrissy O'Connell, sister of the deceased, says, My mom was devastated, and I think I said before, it was like the second worst day of my life. You know, the first losing Michelle. So, special prosecutor doesn't have enough evidence to, to charge. So, over, right? Done, right? Moving on with our life, right? Wrong. So in 2016, five and a half years after Michelle O'Connell's death, her family had her body exhumed and asked a guy named William Anderson, sorry, Dr. William Anderson. Um, I get mad. Like, I try, to, I try to get everybody's designation right because when people call me just Keb and not the Keb, I get irritated. So Dr. William Anderson, a forensic pathologist and former deputy chief medical examiner for Orange County, Florida, to examine the original autopsy report and to do a second autopsy. So while examining the x-rays taken during Michelle O'Connell's original autopsy, Anderson noticed that there was another injury on her body. Uh-huh. Really? When we did exhume her body, the jawbone was in two pieces, so that indicates there was a fracture, Anderson told 2020. (laughs) So after the good sheriff, Sheriff Shore, learned of the uh, exhuming of her body, he issued a statement about the family saying in part that, quote, molesting Michelle from her place of rest using some freelance type approaches beyond unconventional, it was reprehensible. It's only reprehensible, Sheriff, if um, they're not trying to dispute, disprove the shoddy work that your organization, that you are head of, that you are elected to run, it's only reprehensible if, if if it finds the same thing, you know, because this is not a search for, for well, it is a search for who's right and who's wrong, but we are searching for the truth. And that's what the family deserves. Quote, even if he doesn't agree with it or whatever, he should in no way, shape, or form ever speak public release whatever to a family using those words ever, Sean O'Connell said of Shore's statement. It really shows his character. You know what? I, I agree. I agree. Who is this clown, David Shore? Who is this clown, David Shore? Seriously. Another quote. Despite rumors and statements to the contrary, we did this totally pro bono. That guy Anderson said, the guy, the, the, the new autopsy guy. 
So news of the fracture, fracture to her jaw uh, brought into question the work of Hoban, the original medical examiner. Uh, if you remember, uh, Jeremy, uh, his attorney, uh, whose name is Mac McLeod, um, told, uh, who did he tell here? Um, I, I don't know, ABC. Um, let's make one up. He, he told a reporter that Hoban, quote, uh, noted um, uh, a uh, man, man, anyhow, he noted a separation. It's not an autopsy report, it's in his field notes. But Anderson said that the fact that the detail was left out of the autopsy report was very disturbing. No shit, it was disturbing. So now her jaw's broken. She is shot in the head by a St. John's County service revolver handled perhaps by a deputy that knows how to handle a gun. Uh, quote, because if everything else is very carefully described, and if you leave out a major finding out of your report, it's not a good practice, Anderson said of Hoban's omission of the fracture from the autopsy report. That is a file for the uh, no-shit Sherlock files, right there. You know, yeah, thanks, Captain Obvious. But it, it is significant because Anderson said that the fracture could explain what happened to uh, Michelle O'Connell uh, before she died, you know. And uh, anyhow, there, there's a bunch of different quotes that yeah, that you could go through, but, you know, it, it's, it's plain to see that no one here has done their job correctly. Not the sheriff's department, not the medical examiner, according to Jeremy Banks, not Rusty Rogers. You know, that no one is happy with the job that anyone's doing. And David Shore's just coming out and he's talking junk about the family, which is bullshit. So Jeremy Banks has always denied having any involvement in the Michelle O'Connell's death. And he has never been charged with a crime. He remains a sheriff's deputy with St. John's County, like I alluded to before. Quote, what the family wants to believe or what the theory being proposed was that she must have been hit really hard. Mac McLeod said he's Jeremy Banks' uh, attorney. There was a problem with that because no medical examiner worth his salt will tell you that in uh, that and... Uh, gunshot wound such as this with a high-powered weapon that more often than not you expect to see separation so what they're saying is that the fracture in the jaw happened from the gunshot now that guy Anderson he says possible in some cases that the shot could split the jaw but he doesn't believe that's the case with Michelle O'Connell based on the evidence he reviewed Quote, there was a gunshot wound to the mouth <clears throat> that put a hole in the tongue, but didn't do any other damage. Didn't do any other damage to the teeth, to the gums, to the floor of the mouth, the very soft tissue that basically would have been destroyed if there had been enough force from that blast to break the jaw. Now, Mac McLeod, attorney for, for, uh, Jerry Banks argued that uh, against that, saying that if O'Connell had been hit, 
you would have seen bruising, you would have seen an abrasion, you'd, you'd see something, there's nothing. Anderson said that he had conducted about 8,000 to 9,000 autopsies over his career and quote, if you die quickly enough, you will not have bruising. Having gotten the answers the family was looking for, Michelle O'Connell's body was returned to her grave, but her death is still open for debate. So where does it stand now? And in my opinion, this is kind of where it gets interesting. If it's not interesting enough as it is. You know, if it's not interesting enough as it is. But... In 2017, the Florida Medical Examiner's Commission reprimanded both Hoban and Bulick, Bulick after determining they had mishandled some of the components of the investigation. Remember earlier when I was talking about that no-shit Sherlock file? They must have had it right there on, 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 uh, on a flash drive. So Hoban for keeping the case material at his home instead of the medical examiner's office and Bulick for showing autopsy photos to the non-family members. So I hope these guys, I hope this podcast gets to these guys. And uh, and they hear, I, I hope I'm mispronouncing their name. I really do. You know, this is what you do when you get a bunch of notes from a bunch of, uh, a bunch of different people. You know, which is, which is kind of funny, you know. But Hoban was also called out for his poor record keeping and failing failing to document the jawbone fracture in his autopsy report the medical examiner and state attorney uh, won't talk to the media isn't that a fucking surprise they will not talk to the media so fast forward to not last spring the spring before in 2018, a judge, now it's getting official, a judge found that the FDL, that FDLE agent Rusty Rogers had probable cause to detain Jeremy Banks for homicide and dismiss Jeremy Banks' civil lawsuit in Rogers' favor. There goes your civil rights claim, buddy. So after Banks... Civil suit was dismissed. The O'Connell family pushed then Florida Governor Rick Scott. Good old Rick. They, they, they asked Rick Scott to assign a new special prosecutor to Michelle's case, but Scott didn't appoint one before his term ended. Now, a couple of basically all of the news outlets have asked uh, for comment from the current governor, which is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And they were referred to the FDLE, which said, quote, in this case, multiple state attorneys looked at the case and determined there was insufficient evidence to pursue charges. Our case is closed. So the FDLE case is closed. However, that's the great eraser, isn't it? However, in January... Of 2019, police responded to what they called a quote suspicious death of an amateur called here sleuth. 
detective, Carmen Sandiego, if you will, who had been researching the O'Connell case on their own. The private citizen was found shot dead in their St. Augustine condo, which is within the St. John's County Sheriff's Office jurisdiction, but the department turned the case over to neighboring Putnam County Sheriff's Office due to the O'Connell case connection. If you don't know where the county seat of Putnam County is, it's Palatka, Florida. That person's death, the amateur sleuth, was classified as a homicide and the investigation remains open. So even now, the O'Connell family is determined to keep fighting. They've been crusading for a law that would prevent police departments from investigating one of their own, which I totally get. I totally agree with that. Quote, you can't grieve until you get justice, Patty O'Connell said. You have to have your justice, and it never goes away. So, and I'm not done. Let's talk about the amateur sleuth that was looking into the case that is now dead. Let's look into that for a second. So the amateur sleuth, one of the people, just like me, who have been captivated and troubled and, I'm sorry for lack of a better term, pissed off by the story. It's a local resident who became somewhat of a uh, of an amateur detective on the case. They're dead. Authorities ruled that dead a hom- that death a homicide. How that doesn't ignite speculation that the shooting could somehow be connected to O'Connell's death in 2010, and this happened in St. John's County. And furthermore, I'm just going to put this out there to the many, many listeners across the country that we have. Um, If something happens to me, uh, look at the St. John's County uh, Sheriff's Department, please. You know, if this gets out and starts turning some heads, I don't know why it would. All I'm doing is exercising my First Amendment rights to report fair and balanced. Okay, not so fair, not so balanced. But my opinions, it's my show. Um, if you don't like it, don't listen. Anyhow, back to the, the, the detective. A spokeswoman for the Putnam County Sheriff's Office said that uh, there's no reason to believe that the two deaths were necessarily related. Okay. <clears throat> so sheriffs, no sheriffs. He's doing the p- political thing by shoving it over here. He's doing that political thing. That's all fine and dandy. Okay. So, no reason to believe the two deaths were necessarily related. Alright. Does she think we're a bunch of fucking idiots? This person was investigating this case, and now they're just dead? She goes on to say, quote, We leave all options out until they're 100% ruled out. So, the resident was um, Eli Washtock, or Ellie, what, what, anyhow, uh, 38. Um, the, uh, 
they had requested had requested records in the case and had been in touch with uh, the O'Connell family in the months before being fatally shot in January of 2019. Uh-huh. Nothing to do with the case, according to... They're, they're not necessarily connected, according to the Putnam County Sheriff's Office. Sheriffs, no sheriffs. Uh, Wash Talk was not the only one who had searched for answers in the O'Connell's case. No joke, man. Anybody who hears this case is like, this is bullshit. Uh, which drew the scrutiny of the state investigators. Now, a 2013 examination by the good old New York Times and a PBS program called Frontline raised questions about forensic evidence and found shortcomings in the St. John's County Sheriff's Office handling of the case, which involved one of its own deputies, Jeremy Banks. And we know what, what happened to, to him him and Michelle. So both the sheriff and the medical examiner offices for Putnam County uh, declined to release records relating to Wash Talk's death, citing a continuing investigation. So it's unclear how uh, Wash Talk, uh, who at various times identified as male and female, um, that's not going to say anything about that. That's just, you know, that's personal. Um, identified at the time of death. Um, so male and female. Male, I guess, is Eli. Female is Ellie. I don't know. Um, although court records indicate a name change to Ellie. So I guess she was identifying as female. I don't know. I don't want to piss off the millennials here. So we're just going to call them wash talk so who knew wash talk more recently knew that wash talk as eli so i guess male is eli female is L uh, whatever the times is using uh wash talks surname and this is according to the to the good old new york times like i said i'm using a lot of different a lot of different sources people you know you never know yeah, we're just being reported as reported. I didn't, uh, I didn't write this. I'm just facilitating it in my own special way to my listeners to look out that weird shit happens. And I'll give you my opinion here in a second. Washtock had two children and a background in auto mechanics before moving to Florida from Wisconsin. Um, so they wash talk had a binder several inches thick full of documents relating to the O'Connell death and has also offered to hire private experts to work on the case um, in one email exchange from uh, in September of 2018 wash talk wrote that I am still anxiously awaiting for additional findings from the private investigators according to a copy provided by the mother of Michelle O'Connell. Um, she goes on to write that she, uh, or he, they, uh, you and your family are in my prayers. I, I, I'm trying to get the pronouns right, guys. I really don't make it a, I'm not trying to be funny. I really don't make it a practice in my life to make fun of people who have lost their life. So, uh, I, and I'm reporting from 
um, something that I've compiled over here. So uh, apologize if I'm offending anybody. But uh, and 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 contrary to what my intro says, um, I'm, I'm really not trying to offend anybody who has who's lost their life trying to do the right thing, which is what. Um, Wash talk was trying to do. She, they, or he was trying to do. See, I, I just did it again. I'm really not trying to do that. It's, it's uh, just, just a, uh, a, a faux pas on my part. I, I sincerely apologize um, to the to the Wash talk family. Um, Wash talk was found dead at a home in a condominium complex uh, near the World Golf Village. Um, Washtock's teenage son called 911 around 8 a.m., uh, according to the Putnam County Sheriff's Office, uh, who was doing, who was doing the uh, the investigation. Patty O'Connell said, and if you don't know by now, that's the mother of Michelle O'Connell. That she, she absolutely believes it is connected to Michelle's case. I know in my heart that he. You know, she calls him he here, uh, had the right information. So that's kind of the story there. Um, a uh, investigation by the FDLE, FDLE uh, an independent state investigative agency, challenged the suicide ruling by finding, among other things, two neighbors who said they had heard a word crying gunshots that night. That should tell you everything you need to know about the St. John's County Sheriff's Office investigating procedures when one of their own is under investigation. They're going to make it go their way. You know, they botched this up. In no way, shape, or form do I think that this is any bearing on cops across America. I do not. I believe that there are a ton of good cops. I believe in this situation that St. John's County Sheriff's Office did not do the right thing. And I am not alone in that. I think the O'Connell family deserves and the Washtock family deserve somebody with a lot more clout than me to investigate this properly so the O'Connell and Washtock families can have closure, can get on with their life, because as long as this is out there, they're not going to be able to get on with their lives. And how Jeremy Banks is still a St. John's County Sheriff's Officer and how he is not in jail or how he did not have to move to Cumberland, Kentucky where there's 2,500 people there just to get away from the media and how the media is not hounding him is beyond me. It is flat beyond me. Anyhow, I'm interested to know what you think. Shoot me an email at keblivescomedy at gmail.com you can hit me at twitter at keb lives that's k-e-b-l-i-v-e-s on the facebook just search keb unfiltered and uh, leave me a message of what you want to think and we might have to do a follow-up episode you know on this certainly if this gets around to one of the family members 
and you would like to come on this program, um, I will get you on uh, as soon as humanly possible. Uh, I want this story to get um, even more exposure than it already has. I can't believe the amount of people that don't know about this story that live in the Jacksonville metro area, which includes St. Augustine. And my goal is to get it in into as many people because we need to find closure for this family. Again, not saying that all cops are bad. Not saying that at all. I'm saying in this one instance, it was not handled correctly, and the evidence supports my theory. For Keb Unfiltered, my name is Keb, and we will catch you next time. We'll get back to normal, funny stuff next time. I just wanted to get this out there. And uh, we will uh, catch you next time, and everybody have a good week. The opinions on this podcast may strike some listeners as vulgar, offensive, or worst of all, serious. Serious. Please adjust your expectations and interpretations accordingly. In other words, lighten the f*** up. For all other concerns, complaints, and court documents, please direct those towards the nearest brick wall. Thank you for listening.